pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. Hello, lovers of love out there, students of self-love. I really hope that these podcasts are contributing to making it easier for you to love yourself, right? Loving yourself, as you probably know, is not a destination. It's a practice. It's a process. It's a commitment. It's something we cultivate. It's a living thing. And we keep it alive over time. And even if it seems to have gone away, (laughs) our self-love feels a little lifeless. Uh, As long as we're here, it's here. You are love. If you're here listening, if you're alive, there is love in you. And it's like whispering to it, like breathing it back into being, letting that flame in your heart get a little more glowy and I'm just so grateful that you are making this podcast part of how you do that from day to day because it takes courage to love ourselves all the time. Um, You know, there's lots of obstacles, lots of messages that we get from growing up, that we get from the world around us, people trying to sell us things, right? It all comes from like, you know, if we make people feel bad about themselves, <laughs> they will need to buy something to feel better about themselves. Um, and so much more, right? As I don't need to explain to you the obstacles. <laughs> Pretty sure you're familiar with your own set of obstacles in self-love. I mean, one of them is that um, I don't know how many of you were raised with examples, with role models of self-love, Um So that's a huge one, right? It's like, did it seem like an option? (laughs) Was it something that was modeled in a healthy and loving and positive way? Or was like, if there was someone who was really loving themselves and cheering themselves on and had boundaries and was really living their life, how were they talked about and treated by the other members of your family or community? These all things, these things all, sorry, have impact, right? Um, so welcome to the Soft Shoulder Podcast. If it's if you're a regular or if this is your first, I'm going to hopefully help you reframe your shady dating past. The, if you, <laughs> whether you, maybe you're single, maybe you're not, but if you've had a bunch of breakups, even one, but you've had relationships that ended, we often call those failed relationships, the ones that don't last But I mean, that definition of failure, it's clearly a flawed definition. There are a lot of relationships that shouldn't have lasted. (laughs) Staying in a relationship where you are feeling awful, where there isn't any love or respect anymore, where the two people who are in it um, are not blooming, they're not thriving. It's like holding both people back. 
that's not a success if you stay there, right? So, but it's still like a common thing that we say, like that relationship failed. And usually what that means is just that it ended. So if you've had a series of relationships, if you didn't basically just get with someone at the end of high school and stay there, (laughs) so that's most people, then you have this string of failures. And the language around that is so important because even though we might know that like everything happened for a reason, just this idea that they failed or that they didn't work, uh, it can have an impact on how we see ourselves and how we see where we are in the love story of our lives, right? Maybe some people's love stories have fewer characters. Some people's love stories have one character. Like I know actually a handful of couples who met very young and stayed together and grew together, which I blows my mind because I know, in especially the decade, I think between our 20s, 30s, there's a lot of change that happens there. And um, some people do grow together and the love is strong and it's amazing. And it's like, wow, that's wild. But that's not necessarily the norm for a lot of us. Many of our love stories have more characters than we realized <laughs> it might have. Um, and maybe you're just discovering that now. It's not a bad thing. It's not better to just have one thing, quote unquote, work out, right? So I just want to reframe this today. And I was inspired by another podcast, a podcast that I enjoy. It's called Pivot. And Jenny Blake is the host. She did an episode called uh, Your Failure Resume, I believe was the name of the episode. And she'd heard this concept from someone. She couldn't remember where she heard it first. And in the podcast, she was like, I tried to look it up. I tried to see who she could credit for it. She couldn't really remember. She mentioned that Daniel Pink had talked about this, but she couldn't really find the source. Anyway, so I heard it from Jenny Blake. You can go to the uh, podcast Pivot and look up that episode. Um, But the concept was great. They, of course, were talking about... Uh, a failure resume, like uh, in in work and life, in purpose, right? Just failures, uh, turns in life that you had. And um, instead of seeing it as like, oh, like I jumped from job to job or I, you know, did all of these things that might not, um, might not be seen as successes, <laughs> you know, or even things that like legitimately just like tanked, like a business that you started that just bombed and like left you in debt, right? It's like, that wasn't what you wanted to do. That wasn't the goal. And so I guess technically that was a failure. But if you make this resume, the idea is if you make a resume of your failures, you can harvest from them by just reframing it as uh, a list of things that you have learned from and that have shaped you. And it also shines a light. It helps you get curious about what gold has come from those failures because they don't usually just leave us with absolutely nothing. In fact, I think any failure experience, um, they're so rich with lessons. And I know it's very, if I were you, I'd be rolling my eyes too. (laughs) Great. Another fucking learning opportunity. Like it's annoying if you've had a string of these things. You're like, I would rather have my business work and be profitable, Danette. But um, when we go through these, it's such a test on our hearts, on our spirits, on our resilience. Another word that's like, ugh, I wish I didn't have to be so resilient all the time. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. So I know I'm just very aware that on this side of the microphone, it's like, hey, like celebrate failures and resilience. And I have been so challenged around my own resilience in the last, well, 
it doesn't matter. But um, sometimes I just, I'm kind of over it. I don't really get excited about the resilience that I've developed. <laughs> so that's why like, so compassion sauce for everyone. Let's get a big ladle and just like smother it all over <laughs> your list of failures. And this whole process, you know, I understand um, that sometimes it takes some effort to just play along with this. But if you play along with this idea of making a resume of your failures, it can be really, really powerful. So obviously, you know, in the terms of like your your work life, uh, it's cool to do that because if you are going into a new job or making a pitch for something, you're often, you know, there's that question of like, what what is your biggest weakness or what is something that you learned from like a failure and being prepared for that and being clear about that it's a fantastic thing to be prepared for right but that got me thinking about our failed relationships and what we do what do we harvest from the relationships that ended the relationships that we ended the ones that were ended for us um, the ones where we still don't even know what the hell happened. And when we think about them, we're like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't have an answer. Someone said, what happened between you and so-and-so? And you've got nothing but like old stale rage that's just been like rattling around, shrinking like a lemon behind like a microwave or something. <laughs> just getting shriveled up and not really going anywhere. Um, but you trust me, dear listener, you have grown from these, you have gold from these. And um, it's, it shape these relationships really shape who you are and who you are constantly becoming, which if you are still desiring a love partnership, a romantic loving partnership, you're still looking, you're still dating, you're, you have hope for that in the future, even if you're not quite dating yet. All of this is building the gorgeous being that you are, the wonderful package that you are, that will thrill whoever comes into your love story next, whatever character enters that next act, right? Um, so here's an idea, right? Um, it's basically like if you just if you were just doing a regular resume, you would be listing all of the jobs that you had, uh, maybe go maybe chronologically, right? Maybe by date, like, oh, last two years, I was I was here last three years, I was here, you can do this with your love life. What was your last relationship? What was the one before that just go down the timeline. And I encourage you to go with your heart and gut on this. Anything that feels relevant. What's different about a love relationship resume is that it's not really about the length of time. It could be three weeks. It could be that like 10 days of an intense affair that you had from someone you met on an app and you were like, whoa, what is this? Twin flame. Wow. Wow. And then like it took you way longer to get over them than it did to actually have the connection. Whatever's had an impact on you, that's guiding the um, what makes it on the resume you get to decide and you'll know if you don't really remember it actually if it's even just kind of like a meh relationship interestingly like put that down also because it'll be really neat to ask the same questions of each of these connections and see what you come up with so start with a list start with a list of your so-called quote-unquote failed relationships give the name give the date and then just harvest this for what you learned, for what happened, 
for, you know, so there's, here's some prompts. What did you learn from this experience? And if you're still angry, you might start that by like, I learned that this person's a jerk. And it's like, so go a little deeper. <laughs> let yourself write that. I'm for it. Okay. Let, let the top layers come out. Let whatever needs to be said come out. Right. Because you're just, you want to get to what's underneath it. But sometimes you have to do the blurting and the venting to get underneath. But make sure that you get underneath. So keep going. You know, what was so hard about that person being a jerk? What did you learn about yourself that's probably a great way just add that phrase to the question add yourself into the question so that you're focusing on you because this this resume of failed relationships this is about you it's not what you learned about that person right what did you learn about yourself in that relationship and here's where you can even split this apart right what did you learn about yourself when you felt when you were attracted and falling for this person what did you learn about yourself during the relationship like was there certain things that you maybe you'd never moved in with someone before maybe you um were having a different kind of relationship style before or you'd never really committed to anyone before um you know, or maybe you hadn't been more laid back. <laughs> you were trying something a little more loose. And, you know, these are skills, being in relationship or skills. So what what did you learn in the middle of that relationship? And then, of course, what did you learn when this relationship came to a close? What did you learn about yourself? Beginning, middle, end. That's actually enough to do a full-on resume. But there's so many other things that you can ask there's so much uh, uh, juice here, right? So, you know, what did this relationship teach you about love? What did this relationship teach you about commitment? What did this relationship teach you about your boundaries? About your deal breakers? Did you know that you had a deal breaker in this one relationship or was that the relationship that revealed you know what I thought I was cool with this turns out no turns out this is a deal breaker that is a very valuable thing to know that you were shown through that relationship I'm not saying that you know this these lessons weren't painful a lot of them are um, and bringing them back up again, if you're like sitting down and journaling about this, you might find that emotions come back up and you're like, I haven't thought about that person for eight years. Why am I getting so irritated? <laughs> right. But there's like, there's still stuff there. There's still feelings there. One of the things I was thinking about a lot when I was writing, um, Crash Bloom, which is my book that will be coming out this year. <laughs> I don't know exactly when, but it was just so interesting was that, you know, we think of like breakups on a timeline, like, like it's like, oh, the, the news is delivered and then it's, you know, however many months or days or you should be over the person by then. But really we're so impacted by these transitions and they really shake our foundation. And I think like one of the big reasons why I was called to write a book about breakup healing in the way that I prefer to heal from breakups was that it just felt like it was just sort of something that there like there wasn't a lot of space for it you know it wasn't like a valid grief 
um, the way grieving the death of a, of a loved one was, right? It was just sort of like, oh, like it was all ice cream and get back out there and whatever. But it's like, it really changes and challenges your identity and your sense of trust. And in some, some relationships, it's your finances, your community. There's so much loss going on. It's not just about, are you ready to date again? Right? So I really wanted to speak to that and give permission for that um, because it really does change. So like if you're feeling that with just listening to this, I just want you to know you are not alone. I've had that experience of grieving a breakup for many years later um, while still moving on with my life. Um, and I know so many people are kind of baffled and a little bit shy about admitting that they're still sad or still heartbroken about something that didn't work out, especially if that thing was a long time ago or if it was just a short relationship, like you went on a holiday and you met someone and the holiday was over and the relationship ended and yet the impact was so much bigger, right? So what was it, coming back to the resume, what was it about that that hurt so much? Like what was the gift of that relationship? There's a lot of things that we learn in relationships. It's not just about you and that person. And it's not even just about love. Sometimes you end up dating somebody who has a hobby (laughs) that you've never been exposed to before. And then by hanging out and dating them, you go along with it. Let's say it's like some ping pong. I don't don't know anything really about ping pong. So the metaphor won't go too deep on this one. (laughs) But someone's really into ping pong and you're like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And you would never have picked up a paddle before. See, I know what a paddle is. But you would never have done that. And suddenly you start playing and you have a lot of fun. And in playing ping pong, you learn about yourself. Like, wow, I'm actually pretty good at this. Or I actually really like playing the sport. Or um, maybe you play in a tournament or you have a party and you meet all these other people, this whole community of ping pong lovers. (laughs) And it becomes a part of your life even after that relationship ends, right? Like, That's something that I know it may seem trivial, but when these things start to add up, they start to become like who you are. You discover things that bring you joy. What did you discover brought you joy in these relationships? What new restaurants were you introduced to? What cultures were you introduced to? What um, just human stories, right? When we get to know somebody, we might hear a lot about their past And they might have such a different life experience than we have. And then we get the beauty, the gift of this window into another life. So then when we meet someone else later in any capacity, it's like there's empathy being built, right? There's like another experience that you've learned about um, firsthand, right? And that is something that helps you grow. It helps your heart grow, helps you have compassion for other people. Um, Music, I'm sure many of us have been turned on to genres of music or artists or songs from dating very briefly or from being in long-term relationships with someone. Um, So there might be other artists, other writers, certain habits. Uh, (laughs) Maybe you were just like, could never get out of bed in the morning and you were living with a morning person um, and you just worked around it. You were the more flexible one and suddenly you just found a groove and you found that you like getting up early in the morning or you like flossing your teeth at night or something like that. There's surprisingly these little habits, you know, they have such 
a huge impact. Flossing is a good one. It might, might not seem, it's really how many minutes of your day, <laughs> but if you're not flossing um, and you are flossing, those are some very different long-term impacts, right? Um, so are there certain habits? Is there certain um, delights? What else just like came in that package with that person? How did it help you demonstrate your own strength or courage? How did that relationship help you demonstrate your own strength or courage? Were you vulnerable in this relationship in a way that you hadn't before? Did you have to be strong through a part of this relationship in a way that you hadn't before? And now you know that you can. Now you know that you have survived that, that you figured it out on your own, and you can tap back into that if you ever need to do that again. Of course, you'll need to tap into your strength and courage later in life, right? Or any other time in any other relationship in a different way. Now you know that you can do that. Did you face rejection? And you hadn't faced rejection before. Maybe you were always the person ending it. And then you were on the receiving end. And now you're like, oh, I know what it's like to be over here. And maybe that will change how you end relationships if you need to in the future. Be like, oh, I thought I was being really kind by like, you know, having an eight hour conversation explaining why I don't want to love this person anymore. And maybe that actually, if you're on the receiving end, maybe it's not the kind thing. Maybe that's that person trying to justify it and feel better. But maybe on the other end, it's actually not helpful in that moment, right? Of course, everyone is different. See what I mean here? I mean, as I'm talking, I'm sparking, I feel like there's like a whole bunch of little pop-ups happening of like ideas of what we learn from these relationships. Did you rush in? Did you rush in and trust too soon? And then it was like, wow, this, you know, rug was just yanked out from under me. But then if you look back, you're like, well, you know, how fast was I moving? Is that a pace that feels good to me? Would that relationship have lasted if I had paced it differently? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, my, would I do anything differently in that relationship? You know, these are good, not in the sense of regret, but in the sense of like, how do I want to approach relationships now and in the future? And this can still work if you're with someone now. It's not just for people who are dating, right? You might remember something from the past that you could just weave on into your current relationship and be like, oh, I forgot to be more curious about my partner. Um, I'm often just venting about my work when I come home and we're cooking together and I don't get curious about them. I don't think about how they might be changing and growing. I don't ask them questions. And because, you know, you learned this from being in a relationship where someone just had a really fixed image of you and wasn't really curious about your hopes and dreams. You can give that to whoever you're with now, to yourself, and to whoever will show up in this story in the future. And here's a really powerful one. What changes were inspired by this relationship? What changes were inspired by this relationship? Because we do get changed from love and from the loss of that love or the ending of a relationship. They can really change us. What what were you inspired to change from your previous relationships? 
taking a look at this, it also gives you credit, right? Like you may have grown so much more than you give yourself credit for. I think that a lot of us do that. That's one of the things, an amazing self-loving thing you can do is giving yourself credit, bringing your attention to where you are growing, to where you are doing well, bringing your attention there, congratulating yourself and acknowledging like, wow, look at me. I'm always growing. I'm always learning. I'm doing well. I didn't used to be like this and now I, I am like this, right? There's more to love and more to say, wow, you're, you're an amazing person. You are. You're an amazing person. This idea of the resume and of harvesting a resume of past relationships or failed relationships, it's helpful if you're the kind of person who thinks um, when you become single, like you're back that, you know, that phrase, I'm back at square one. That comes from, I think, well, I think of board game. I don't know where the origin is of this phrase, but uh, a board game, right? It's like, maybe it's Monopoly where like you go and that's like, oh, or snakes and ladders and you got to go like back to the beginning. So it's like you're starting over. You've lost everything and you're starting over. But that's never the case when it comes to love. In other uh, episodes of The Soft Shoulder, I've used um, the Guggenheim Museum in New York as a metaphor or an analogy, right? It's like built like a spiral. It's not like um, the art gallery in my city, the Art Gallery of Ontario. There's lots of rooms. There's different floors. There's different wings. You go in there and here's this kind of art. Here's that kind of art. It's very boxy as you move through that in a body. But in the Guggenheim, it was like, oh, I'm just, we're just starting on this ramp and we're just walking one path and that path, and you can see my, my, my hand, (laughs) I've got my index finger up on my left hand and I'm slowly drawing circles. You're just going upwards. There's no stairs. There's no wings. It's just a very slow incline going around and around. And if you lean in the center of the building over the railing, you can see right down to the first floor. So while it's true that let's say you saw a big abstract painting of a golden egg and then you walk around again and you can see it there you come back around you will be back where you started but not really because you're on another level right you're back on the south side of that building but on another level you have gone above so you if you phrase if you look at this for experience it's like yes you're on the south side But now you have all of this art in your history, in your path. You have seen and experienced and tasted and been influenced by all of that art and the first go, all of the art on the second go, all of the art on the third go. And this continues as you move up. I love thinking about our lives this way because we're never back to square one. We're never back where we were. Time doesn't work like that. And we don't work like that. You have the memory. You have the lessons. You have the influence. Good, positive and or negative, right? You get changed by the art. I mean, think of it in terms of that museum. Like you could be walking around and you see a piece of art that moves your soul. Like you look at it and you weep. And it takes you back and you you suddenly can smell like your grandmother's cooking and you start to tear up and you remember something that you saw in a film once and it's and a piece of music and it's all coming together and you're having this emotional experience. Your body has changed. Your brain has been like, boo, like having fireworks and you 
are in a different state. So when you go around again and look at a different painting of something else or a photograph of something else, you're now in the body of someone who had that other experience of you were just weeping and feeling like this euphoric bittersweetness about the golden egg painting, like just not that long ago, right? Um, you're different. You're different. So when you're going into your next relationship, it's not that you're back at square one. Because of this resume of failed relationships, because you have learned what it's like to break the bad news and to receive the bad news, because you know what it's like to see yourself as one identity and then create all these new habits under the influence of someone that you think is really cool and that you love and care about right? You are not the same person. You are aware that you can change. You are aware of how vulnerable it is to start a relationship again because you've lost, right? Like the innocent people on the first floor of this museum, (laughs) they don't know anything yet. They've seen one piece, you know, but you with all these characters in your resume, you have been changed. You have new colors. You see more things that are possible. You see more scary things that are possible and more beautiful things that are possible. And you are still here. So you are a phenomenal person if you have a long list of quote unquote failed relationships. If you have a resume of past relationships, you're bringing a lot of richness to the table. Are you acknowledging that, that richness? That's what journaling about this resume can do. If you want to nerd out, get a template for an actual resume and like type it all up. That's fun. It's like a really playful format to work with. You can also just think about it. I think you're probably already thinking about it as you walk and listen to this, as you wash your dishes and listen to this. What are the easy, obvious ones of changes that were inspired by your past breakups? What did you learn from your past love relationships? What did you learn about the beginnings and the endings? What do you know about yourself that you couldn't have learned anywhere else, that you couldn't have learned from a YouTube video or a work weekend workshop or a self-help book? You could have only learned it from that human experience that you had with that other human that there's only one of and the two of you had some kind of attraction, some kind of magnetic thing, some kind of love that is never duplicated. Each one of us, a unique individual, and then the combinations of us are then like, there is no duplicating that. There is no other you, there is no other them. And whatever gets born from the two of you together, that's not created anywhere else. People might have similar stories, but it's not the same. And I think it's such an act of like beauty and service to get close to that and take a look and honor those little details, right? I mean, do you still look at flowers? (laughs) I know I do when they come up, especially spring is, I think just around the corner here, but we're starting to see some things start to bloom. And I love to get close to the magnolia tree and look at each bud. And I love to see when a peony comes up. I want to watch the whole process. I have seen so many flowers. I used to work in a <laughs> a, a flower company that just basically did events. I, trust me, I've seen a lot of flowers, but they don't get boring. And even when you have hundreds of the same color rose, 
They're all just still interesting to look at, unfolding in their own way. I see humans like this. I see you like this. I see love like this. And that's also why I was called to write Crash Bloom was because I think it's important to honor those unique, beautiful things that we lose and that change us. So, dear listener, I hope that this idea, whether you do it as a journal exercise or if you just do it in your imagination, I hope it has inspired you to reframe your past. If you reframe your past, you are reimagining the present and your future. The past does not define you, but it has enriched you. It has infused you. And you get to harvest all of that in the form of what you have learned, what you have gained, what you have developed, who you have become. This is the lovable person that will be loved and will love again now and in the future. Dear listener, you are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. I appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to share it with a friend, if you want to tap on the five stars, give a little written review of your favorite part or anything that touched you, it means the world definitely helps a little podcast like this grow and reach more people. I truly appreciate your time. This podcast is brought to you by Alison Tarr, and the music that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode is by Lee Rosefair. Take good care of yourselves. We will talk to you soon.